0: Hello, this is Dr. Casey Bradley, and you're listening to The Real P3, a podcast dedicated to the real pork producers around the world. I hope you enjoy. This week, we're interviewing Angie Krieger with the National Pork Board. She's the vice president of domestic marketing, and we're going to talk about the new marketing campaign, Real Pork, on The Real P3 coincidence? Let's find out. Hello, Angie. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good, Casey. How are you?
0: Good, good. It's 2021.
1: It is, and it doesn't feel a lot different, does
0: it? (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) To get started, can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and your role and kind of background?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm Angie Krieger. I'm the vice president uh, for domestic marketing at the National Pork Board. And I've been at the pork board um, going on four years. It'll be four years in July. And I have been in the pork industry basically my entire career. So I actually, it surprises a lot of people to learn that I um, started out as a lawyer. So I'm a lawyer by training. I practiced law for about eight years. I worked for Cargill and was the general counsel for their pork business when they still had one, and so got a lot of exposure to the pork industry through that role. Um, also, a lot of other proteins, too. So I um, I started out early in my career working for uh, beef and pork, both. And then uh, when I was at Cargill, I moved into a role in pork procurement. So, which was awesome. Um, I got to be a hog buyer for a while and work really closely with producers to help secure pigs for Cargill's two plants. Um, I did that also for, I've been on about an eight year cycle. It feels like I did that for about eight years as well. Cargill sold that business to JBS, and I had the opportunity then to go work for uh, for a different company, which was uh, which was a great experience as well. Very different cultures, but um, it was really awesome to to get to see you know some new plants and and meet even more producers. And then I had the opportunity to be the director of animal welfare for that live production business. Um, spent a lot of time down in Dalhart, Texas, for example, on those farms. And my friends used to laugh at me because I would send them my, um, my statistics on how many showers I had taken in one day, um, which, you know, is completely the opposite of the the shower count when you're working from home. <laughs> um, so uh, so did that and then have been at the Pork Board in, in a couple different roles, including director of Packer Relations and then um, led our channel marketing team with the retail and food service focus and, and now leading all of domestic marketing and um, humbled to have just a really amazing team of marketers working for me, um, both in the channel marketing area and um, with regard to consumer marketing.
0: Wow. I did not know that about your career. So you've (laughs) done it all. Kiss the Uh, pig. uh,
1: Yes. Yep. have done done it all. I will say um, I have uh, a colleague who just started at the pork board. He was not, he's not been in the pork industry and he got to go visit one of our producers and um, he sleeved a sow I have not sleeved a sow, but I was certified in artificial insemination for cattle. So um, I feel like, you know, I probably could do it if I had to.
0: I'm sure you could. And it's probably more enjoyable than cattle. So. There's a reason why little me did not work with cattle because they are big animals.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I took a lot of flack from the guys in the cattle business when I started really focusing on pork. They, they, you know, they call us the short leggers, but I have (laughs) to tell you after many, many years, um, there's, there are no better people than those in the pork industry. Um, there it's just, it's an amazing industry and it's really
0: where my heart is. Well, we're glad to have you. You've been doing some great stuff for us. And kind of to lead this, this conversation is maybe going to be a little bit different because we're not either one of us working every day, boots on the ground in the barns. But I kind of wanted to talk about the Pork Board and the new initiative and the new rebranding because it's not every year that the Pork Board rebrands itself. And the reason why I found it really interesting because it's uh, real pork and It was, I think, about two weeks after I launched this or came out with my name for the Real P3 podcast. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like alignment. There's (laughs) something going on there. And so I kind of wanted to have you tell us about Real Pork because I think that gets into a conversation we all need to hear and how we can be better representatives for our products.
1: Yeah, great minds think alike, right? I mean, the, the Real Pork, we started talking about Real Pork well, early in 2019, um, we had done a tremendous amount of consumer research. Just really a new focus um, at the Pork Board had, you know, been to be very consumer focused. We're a producer-led organization, but we, we knew we needed to focus on the consumer in order to, to increase demand worldwide, but especially especially domestically. Um, a lot of people will point to our domestic consumption, which has been really flat for many years. And so um, there've been a lot of really great campaigns over the years at the pork board. But when we started thinking about um, how we wanted to show up differently con- For consumers, it really went beyond a campaign, and that's how we came up with real pork. It's all about being authentic, being you know, being who we are um, as a protein, as an industry, celebrating our producers and what they do on the farm, and really helping consumers once again connect with where their food comes from. You know, those of us in the Midwest or who are in the pork industry, we take for granted that we understand, uh, you know. For the most part, where food comes from, uh, at least on a basic level, how supply chains work. But the average consumer in the United States does not. They have no idea. And so we had started, we actually um, had a a concept video for Real Pork that showed at our Pork Forum last year. And Pork Forum is the first week of March. um, And so many people will understand this. After Pork Forum, we all went home and no one traveled again. And so we got, uh, you know, to we, well, we spent a lot of time in our offices um, trying to work through the pandemic, but all the while my team was working feverishly to launch real pork because we saw retail sales going through the roof. And we knew we had a prime opportunity with consumers who hadn't, uh, hadn't been paying a lot of attention, maybe to pork um, or hadn't eaten it for a while. And uh, we wanted to make sure that we launched last year for that reason.
0: Interesting, because, you know, I heard about the launch, and then I listened to your presentation on the South Dakota State Swine Day, and you really gave an authentic story of, you know, the pork industry and agriculture, and I think, can you kind of recap that, I guess, briefly for the audience to understand how to present yourself authentically?
1: yeah, i um, I would love to. So uh, South Dakota State, that presentation was really fun to do. I talked a lot about my grandpa. Um, and I think I started it with a photo of my my grandpa, Gene, who is, he turned 90, um, actually on the day that we launched Real Pork. And that wasn't by design. It was just happenstance. But, you know, he's the one who, who taught me about agriculture. And also in that picture are my three daughters, who are teenagers. Two of them have since turned 18. And uh, so thinking about our new consumer, I feel like that photograph just is like this a great representation of where we come from. So right. My, my grandpa, you know, he, he's butchered pigs on the farm with his, with his family. My daughters wouldn't know where a pork chop came from other than the grocery store. If I wasn't in the pork industry and they grew up, they've grown up in Iowa um, and we lived on a farm for a while. And so I think for me being able to help the industry tell that story to the consumer of the future who are represented by my daughters and many of our other children
0: um, is just really, really special. And again, it's just, it's humbling to have this opportunity. And I guess in your focus groups of why you picked real and talked about the authentic, knowing the producer, is that's what really hitting towards consumers is really understanding who's producing their food? Uh,
1: It's a big factor. So there's five, um, there's five factors, and we're measuring these, Um, we actually have a scorecard that we've made very publicly, you know, available, and the industry was taken aback by it, actually, because we pork doesn't rank very well compared to other proteins on these factors, but the Mm -hmm. factors are taste good. Of course, we do well with certain categories of pork around taste good, more the processed products. But when you talk about fresh pork, we we struggle a little bit mm-hmm. there good for me and my family, routine and versatile, easy preparation, and then good for the planet. Those are the five primary factors. And when you think about all of those things, people want, they want transparency in all of those categories. And so so that's where we really got to the point of using the word real, just that authenticity and the fact that we have great stories to tell. We're just all, you know, really focused on production and what we do well. And we're, we're not always um, excited about uh, being proactive communicators.
0: No, I agree. And then we have this conversation around climate change and you have in the same token, you know, modern day agriculture or what, you know, our arch nemesis or, you know, the PETA-type groups would call us factory farming, and really, when we think about it, our new modern agriculture meshes very well with sustainability and initiatives, and I think combining that and having a scorecard to understand that, but as you said, being proactive. Yeah, um,
1: no, you're exactly right. My colleague Brett Kaysen and his team um, at the Pork Board are working hard on on science (laughs) and on metrics. And we'll have um, a, a lot of new metrics that will be unveiled over the next, over the coming months, I would say. But our job as marketers is to figure out how consumers want us to talk to them about science. Because they don't want to hear the statistics, right? I mean, we, we, have, we have so much science. We, I mean, we're, we're great. We're great at science. I, my daughters will laugh at me because we'll watch something and they'll be like, how does that work? I'm like, because science? I mean, we are so strong in, in our, um, our scientific approach to the industry, but consumers want us to touch them in their heart. They wanna know you know, how, how does it connect to them? What does it mean to them? And so we we have research in the field right now to help us understand how consumers view sustainability because that word is loaded. It means a lot of things to a lot of different people, but how we can best connect with consumers on the, the metrics and the science that we have so that it will resonate with them.
0: We would like to take this break to thank our sponsors, The Sunswine Group. NutriSign, Swine Nutrition Management, and Pig Progress. Without their support, this adventure would not be possible. So now back to our episode. Really great. Um, To kind of switch gears a little bit here, we have a global audience. We're talking from the U.S. pork um, perspective, how does marketing and the strength of our pork board and our pork checkoff help other countries pork production? Because ultimately, if we represent the U.S. well, it should cascade through the industry and kind of a, give us an example of how marketing and the work of the pork board not for marketing and sales really helps other pork producers around the world. Yeah, I think that's
1: a great question. And there's a couple key areas where I would say, you know, this is all in the vein of the rising tide lifts all boats. So if we can you know, really figure out how to connect with consumers on, on sustainability, what, what the pork industry means for sustainability, but really health and wellness is the area that I think we have a, a huge opportunity, right? The, um, the U.S. just released its dietary guidelines again over the Christmas break um, for the next five years. And protein is such an important part of of diets around the world and pork clearly um, very important protein around the world. So when we, um, when we can do a good job representing that, we'll share that with, uh, with marketers from other countries, and they can also um, encourage consumers to eat, eat even more pork. One really good example I have, Casey, is I had the opportunity to go to Columbia with a group shortly after I joined the pork board. And we talk a lot about U.S. exports to Colombia. Um, it's been a really great uh, export destination for us. But what struck me when I was there was that we were meeting with the local Colombian pork producers, and they were so excited to partner with U.S. pork because pork consumption in Colombia overall was going up. And so, again, it's that rising tide lifts all boats, and that's certainly an opportunity for us in other countries as well.
0: Really great. Great. I guess introduce the brand. Anything else you want to share exciting for 2021? Any sneak peeks?
1: Yeah, sure. We um, we're really gonna focus on health and wellness in 21. Um, we've got uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, one of my teammates uh, messaged us today and said, "Hey, does anybody see where quarantine bod is trending?" So, right, people have been stuck in quarantine. Everybody sets resolutions this time of year, or at least kind of starts to think a little bit about uh, maybe watching their health better. And so, we're launching a, a wellness challenge. We're actually challenging our industry friends as well to sign on to this, but it's a it's a way for us to show up differently. So if anybody does sign up for the challenge, you'll see we're talking about mindfulness and yoga and walking and drinking water. And there's right. Sounds (laughs) like what I'm talking about. Some, there's some great uh, pork recipes in there, no doubt. Like we, we came up with about 10 new healthy pork recipes. So, you know, clearly our end goal is to get these consumers in our funnel and get them buying pork, but we have to think outside the box. We have to show up differently. And so we might have some um, some folks in the industry scratching their heads a little bit. And that's good. Actually, I want them to because they're not our target audience for, for right. Pork consumption right so so that's that's a that's an immediate sneak peek we're um we're also going to be partnering with mario lopez you and i know mario lopez um from back in the day um on a a very popular yes yes. yeah he and his wife have a show called food quest and that fits in really well with the messaging that we've had around pork as a passport um, as a global flavor profile. And so um, so pork will be really heavily featured on that, um, on that show um, in the first quarter, actually the first half of 2021. So there's a couple little sneak peeks.
0: Cool. Well, I'm going to give a challenge to our audience, because I'm going to do this when I get around pigs next. Pose, yoga pose with a pig and see if we can get hashtag, what should we hashtag it for your, is it wellness or...
1: Well, just hashtag it real pork. Yeah, I mean, real pork. It,
0: there you go. Real yeah. pork.
1: We wanna we want people to be paying attention in a different way. So
0: yeah, that's that is really exciting. And just to kind of talk about your wellness a little bit. So I try not to set resolutions. I'm trying to set goals. So I have pretty strong increments of progress on my health and wellness. And one of the things that I look at is lean cut pork chops Mm -hmm. in my diet it's a heavily packed protein low fat and meets all my needs and I cook up a whole bunch and I do my meal prep and that's my protein source that I have at lunch and with a salad and that you know that's kind of what I'm doing so getting those stories out of how to balance that I think is kind of important so but before we go I get to reverse the table, and you get to interview me. Ask me any question you may have for me. Yeah, I
1: well, first of all, thank you for sharing um, about your meal planning. That is something that's really important to us. Like figuring out how do we get consumers to substitute lean pork for other, for other uh, proteins. So lead by example, hashtag that real pork too, when you post your pictures on Instagram, because right, everybody posts food. What are you most excited about for the industry for 2021, Casey?
0: Well, I'm excited about the fact that we can be ourselves and be real. I think, you know, when you see that coming out from an organization like the Pork Board, it's really easy for people to follow suit. Maybe some of those masks can come down the curtains and we can really be authentic to who we are, showcase our best talents. Um, Another thing I'm excited about is I see the industry uh, with the other projects I'm working on mentoring and things that it's gonna be full of women in um, the swine industry. So I think as we continue to grow the diversity of the people I'm working with in the industry from not just gender, but cultures and backgrounds, I think it's really exciting. I think there's some new producers coming on doing things maybe differently, old school. But I see opportunities for a lot of as we get into this realness and authentic and people getting back to, to things that I see, you know, the you know, allied industry doing well, I see the integrators doing well, I see niche markets doing well, I think it's going to even be the year of niche pork, Mm -hmm. um, and how to play in that, I I think there's going to be even some pivoting into these, these larger meat companies and integrators that they're going to try to see how they can really align. So I'm really excited. Um, Of course, we have our challenges, but with every challenge, there's going to be great opportunities. And so, I'm really optimistic. Um, hope the you know markets and futures stay good. But really interesting things I've been hearing out there on some niche marketing to get some more value out of pork and keep you know even the smaller producers in business. So really yeah. excited about some of these trends and things I'm hearing out there. That's awesome. If you
1: don't mind, I have a little plug for our team. We've been working on some niche marketing tools. Uh, for, for those very producers that you're talking about, people who want to direct market to consumers, or maybe they're, you know, interested in partnering with a local restaurant. And, uh, and so we've got, uh, we've got some new things that we're going to be launching here very shortly, including some uh, digital tools. So to help producers um, think about how they utilize Google, for example, and make sure that they're rising to the top of Google search terms or using those kind of ad accounts. Um, We've, Learned a lot over our partnership, um, you know, with Google over the years. And so we're glad to be able to share
0: that with our producers as well. Yeah, I think the neatest thing I heard about was on a podcast. It was in Indiana, the new group that bought Muncie Meats. They're going to try to do an Amazon locker for meats, not just pork, but in general meats and other farmer-grown foods. And then even here in you know, I work with have a friend that's a small pork producer here in Arkansas, and how the things they've pivoted in um, the farmers' markets and things, and really how they're changing. I think innovation and change and some neat ideas are coming out of opportunity opportunistic markets in the in niche side. So it's really great that the pork producers are go- going to support that as well. So
1: yeah, yep, absolutely. We I mean, we represent every pork producer in America, whether they raise one pig or millions of pigs. And so the the niche tools are something that uh, we have a couple of folks on our marketing team who've been really passionate about it. And
0: they've turned and burned on them pretty quickly. So, so I'm glad you brought that up. Well, awesome. Well, I thank you for your time. It was a great chance to catch up with you and I hope to continue to work with the Pork board in 2021. Sounds great. Thanks, Casey. Before we go today, I just wanted to thank our sponsors again, the Sun Swine Group, NutriSign, Swine Nutrition Management, and Pig Progress. Thank you for listening. And if you get a chance, hug a pig today for me.